0: Hello and welcome to another episode of The Damn Podcast. I am your host, Angie Machado. And with me, as always, is our rookie, Jake <laughs> Hedberg. Jake, we are closing in first week of fall camp, your first fall camp um, as an Everglot yep. staff writer. What are your thoughts here heading into this week?
1: I'm just super excited. Uh, I've been waiting for this all summer. I can't wait. We're super close three days away. And I'm excited. I feel like there's a buzz around this program that there hasn't been in a long time. And I'm just super excited.
0: Yeah, it there is definitely a buzz um, between people within the program, people outside the program. I I think we're kind of getting overlooked right now. Um, Not we are getting overlooked, but there's more chatter maybe about the Pac-12, Pac-10, what's going to happen now that Colorado left. Um, As we record this, we're live. It's Monday afternoon. Apparently, um, Commissioner Klyakov Klyakov has presented presidents with um, the proposal for the media deal. Um, There's some rumblings and it may not be as, as big as what it currently is. It may be going Apple. Interesting to see what happens when like the actual true info comes out. But um, Mm. what are your, what are your thoughts going? I mean, this, this won't take effect obviously till 2024. Should not diminish anything that's going on this year. Um, Let's just get that out of the way right now. What are your thoughts on this whole this whole Pac-12 media rights deal?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the deal that uh, the commissioner is going to be going to be presenting is going to make or break this conference. I mean, if schools like Oregon, and Washington don't like it, there's a chance they're gone. If schools like Arizona, in particular, if they don't like it, you know, there's been rumors for a long time they could be gone. Um, and really, my hope is that we see Oregon State be a little more provocative, uh, a little more pr- proactive, and you know, pushing after uh, a potential realignment choice.
0: Yeah, this whole thing is really interesting because as as there's a a great thread in the lodge right now, kind mm-hmm. of talking about this, and and Oregon or the Pac-12 was kind of at the at the cusp of this. Back um, under the Larry Scott, which I do think he basically ran the conference into the ground. But I
1: agree completely. If
0: you remember, he was kind of the forefront of bringing Oklahoma and Texas into the Pac-12 footprint. That failed. They went Big 12, um, but that kind of started this whole landscape. But yeah, I don't don't necessarily. I I agree with uh, Prof uh, with on, on Blitz in that I don't think this is necessarily trying to expand um, you know, the mm-hmm. conferences, this is actually trying to exclude people, make the power five, the CFP, a smaller entity so that the yeah. money shared is, is bigger. I, I can see the SEC big 10 wanting to kind of be the the leftover. I, you know, I've, I've heard it rumble that maybe they want to be down about 58 schools. Um, yeah. so this is kind of a way of weeding out schools like Oregon state, Washington state,
1: smaller market um, schools.
0: And, and quite frankly, a lot of the big 12. I mean, you look at the big 12 and they're nothing. um, They're, they're very on par with, with the PAC 12. So um, it's, it's interesting to see how this is all going to play out, but um, we'll, we'll probably know here in the next 48 hours. But like I said, this is not um, kind of where we're at um, because we want, we're excited about the 2023 season. And that is where Jake and I want to go today. Um, This is the first um, of our weekly podcast. We're coming back now weekly probably be Mondays, uh, I'm guessing, during fall camp, depending on Jake's schedule. Um, we'll kind of mix that up once school starts. But for the time being, we're kind of going with that Monday, Tuesday time frame. And uh, before I get started, I do want to let everyone know that um, you've got to get to Beaver Blitz because that is where all of the, the magic happens, behind the paywall, in the lodge. Jake will be posting his in-depth practice report. Lodge notebooks will be there. Uh, we'll have videos we will be there every single day. One of us, um, if not both of us will be down in Corvallis. So, um, exciting time to be a member. I'm going to give you a little heads up. We're taping this at 4 30 on a Monday, um, tonight at midnight promo starts 75% off an annual that is upgradable. So if you are currently on a month to month membership at Beaver Blitz, go ahead and jump on that annual subscription. It works out to like 26 something a year. Um, this is the best deal we have all year and it will only last two days. So jump on that. So you're all set to go. And that is my first of two commercials for that, but let's jump right in Jake and talk position groups, because I know you have been busy all, all off season and we're going to yep. go position by position. Okay. And I, I think deep the dive. number, the, we are deep diving here <laughs> and I kept our notes. We have a rundown here and I've kept it really vague to, for a reason, because I just want us to talk. I want us to talk about the, the guys. Um, and kind of where we see things shaken out at the beginning um, and then where it might go. We're gonna we're gonna jump right into what everybody wants to know about, and that's the QBs. So um, gosh, you have DJ, Ben, Aiden Childs, um, Throckmorton, Montiel, got yep. a crew there. Um, talk about where you see this group going here early and then heading farther further into fall camp.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think this position group is going to have the most eyes watching it during camp. I mean, arguably with better quarterback play last year, Oregon state could have been 12 and one. Um, they went in the transfer transfer portal brought in DJ. I think to start fall camp out, you're going to see more of DJ and Ben both rolling with the, with the first team. I think you may even see child sprinkle in there just to kind of, you know, just, just see what exactly Aiden c- can do with the starters and against the starting defensive squad but I think towards the end halfway through camp I think DJ is going to start to separate himself and take over as QB1
0: have you been watching on social media some of the the practice sessions with these guys um I know there was a quarterback coach in town working with DJ and Aiden. yeah pretty pretty special throws both yeah. of them were making
1: yeah uh I think that's Malachi Durant's dad the 2024 yeah. commit yeah and then uh Joel the walk-on from Linfield transfer uh, has been posting like route videos. So those have been interesting to see.
0: Yeah. So these guys are ready. I mean, they, um, I've heard that they have actually, you know, you, you think that room is super competitive, which they are, but I've heard um, from people that they are really, they get along really well and they yeah. they help each other. Um, it is a really a good culture in the quarterback room, which that hasn't always been the case in, in a competitive Oregon state uh, quarterback room. So um, you, you think it's going to be DJ though?
1: Yeah, I mean, I just don't see why the coaching staff brings in a guy of DJ's caliber just to sit on the bench. I think, I think with DJ playing to his potential, Oregon State can be one of the best teams in the country. And if DJ doesn't live up to that potential, then Ben GoBranson's shown he can win f- football games, and then Childs, he could be the greatest quarterback, or he could be—he's just an unknown right now. So
0: yeah. What I love about DJ is what he brings to this Mm -hmm. offense, just from his size, from his experience, um, being able to run the ball and um, being able to lead, you know, he's he's accustomed to being on a on a top program.
1: Yeah, I feel like DJ definitely brings in a different element. Uh, I mean, don't knock on go Branson, but he's not the most athletic dude, whereas, you know, DJ's 6'4, 251. He's a big body. He's ran the ball. He can take big hits. I, th- I think it'll open up the offensive playbook a lot this year.
0: Have you watched Netflix's quarterback?
1: Yes. Patrick I just Mary? finished that last week. I love okay. it. It was a great show. Yeah.
0: So I'm actually watching it now. I'm only four episodes in, but it's, it's interesting to watch those three guys because I do. I mm-hmm. kind of, I see, um, Kirk cousins, a little more Ben Branson like
1: not, yeah, not a real
0: mobile guy. Um, and then you know maybe a little Mariota with uh, DJ. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting mix. But I I love what he does for the playbook, and I just I don't think Oregon State has had quarterbacks of DJ and Aiden's caliber. In gosh,
1: Not I don't even. I
0: think or... Matt Moore. I mean, I I do. I I think back to Matt Moore and being
1: Derek Anderson. Even maybe well Derek,
0: maybe. but um, Matt was probably the most recent that you watched him, and you just were like, wow. I mean that's, yeah. Um, and I, I do think that. Uh, DJ is going to settle in nicely and, and yeah. be the guy. Um, let's talk running backs, and let's just—we're going to go right down the list. One of the deeper rooms, you have Damian Martinez, Deshaun Fenwick, Jam Griffin. You got those three nucleus guys, and then you have Isaiah Newell, who I thought yeah. flashed at the at the end of the season.
1: Yeah, um, he definitely did.
0: What What are your thoughts there? I mean, obviously, I think it's you know it's Damian one, but um, you got that yeah. great supporting cast in there.
1: I mean, I feel like all four of these backs are capable and the coaching staff trust them. Um, I think you'll see all four of these guys play um, every game. Um, I mean, Damian is undeniably the best back, and I think he might be the best running back in the Pac-12. Um, you know, I was all freshman of, of the year last year, and he really only started half, the, half of the, the season. I think with a full season behind this offensive line, I think he hits a 1,000 yards easily. Um, Jam is m- more than capable. I thought he really flashed uh, during during spring. I thought I think he's gonna step uh, step in and take Trey Lowe's third down third down roll. Uh and then Fenwick started games. He's shown he, he can go out there and get a hundred yards every game. And then Isaiah Newell is a guy who I remember last year reading uh, Carter's practice practice write ups. Uh, Isaiah was always a guy that like his then always his name would pop up. Then he got a little banged up uh, before the, the the season opener, if I recall correctly, and he kind of eased into it. Um, so I think with all four of those guys, they're in capable hands, and all of them will definitely see time.
0: Yeah. Connor Johnson, I, I popped it up on the screen here. His hot take is he thinks Jam is the best running back, and he could argue that with you all day, he said, Jake. So <laughs> um, there's that. Um, and he also says he loves Newell, team first guy, and I, yeah. I think that is something – that maybe is overlooked a little bit, is he really is. I mean, he's one I think a lot of people maybe penciled as, as being a transfer guy just because yeah. he's not getting the touches. But um talk about a guy that, that loves his team and is there to contribute when needed. And he came up big against the, the Oregon Ducks yeah. when they needed him. But, it. yeah, Damian Martinez. um But are you concerned at all that there were no freshmen coming in this class? So,
1: yeah, I was, uh, I was a little surprised. I mean, they tried to br- – to bring in a junior college back that uh, obviously didn't end well. Um, from there, I was surprised they didn't pivot and go after another guy. They've got three walk on backs, um, all from Oregon, I believe. Um, so you may see one of them get time. Gavin Haynes, Jake Reichel. If um, you know something happens and one of those four or multiple of those four potentially go down, um, and that's when things would start to get a little more questionable.
0: Yeah, I mean it's right now. You look at it, and there there are two committed for the class of twenty twenty four, but that's not going to help this year, should it? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I like the depth, but then it's not super deep either. So especially yeah. how Oregon State uses running backs. Mm-hmm. Um, do we want to talk wide receivers? Yeah, wide receivers. Okay, let's yeah, jump in and talk wide receivers because I think talking to fans, this is one of the areas that I think they have the biggest question because I yeah. not only did quarterback maybe struggle in the past, but there's always been some question about. You know, we hear it on the in the Lodge all the time. Oregon State needs a big, you know, big-bodied wide receiver. Lost John Dunmore. Um, what are your thoughts? I mean, S- Silas and Anthony Gould are, are kind of the two that pop into your head when you think mm-hmm. Oregon State. Um, but what are your thoughts, early thoughts on this wide receiver group?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably the biggest question mark on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I mean, Anthony Gould and Silas Bolden have both proven themselves that they can go out there, have – big games. I think they're both in for um, better statistical seasons this fall, but really that third spot, it's kind of a question mark right now. There's a handful of guys, just uh, Josiah. Uh, he's been in the program. I think this is his sixth year. He's got like nine career catches, but he's shown, especially his freshman year, redshirt freshman redshirt freshman year, he's shown the ability. So my thought is maybe with more, uh, with more playing time, a better quarterback play, he could – break out um and then i like uh Jamiat east the juco transfer i think he could be a a surprise he's 6 215 which is the biggest receiver oregon state's got um didn't really p- produce a lot at juco but college of san san mateo doesn't really throw the ball as much so he's kind of was kind of more of an underrated guy but there were big time programs uh utah was going after him mississippi state uh pittsburgh i believe that was a big time get, and I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up emerging as that third guy.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think he could be a, a big time um, playmaker that Beaver fans maybe don't know, um, and he was kind of that late edition JUCO guy. Another name I'm going to throw out there, and this is I didn't add it to my superlative list, but a freshman to watch, Zachary hard yeah. yeah, we were so Card blown away by stud. him yeah. this spring. But he's yeah, another f- in the mold of Anthony Gould. I I feel he's he's kind of that that smaller bodied, quick. But, you know, him and Aiden Childs hooked up on a couple, yeah. like, jaw-dropping plays.
1: Yeah. I mean, I truly think if spring camp was any, like, indication, I think Cards earned a spot in in the the in the in two deep. And I don't think he'll head shirt.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think he's going to be an instant contributor. Okay. Hey, and long those same lines, let's look tight ends. You know, a couple changes there. You still have Jake Overman. Um, Belling, Jack Belling should be back yeah. uh, from his shoulder injury. You, you bring in Terry. What are your thoughts on that group as a whole? Do you, do you think we, we see them get more involved?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a deep group. I think they've got five tight ends that could flat out play. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the whole rotation's managed, just because I think uh, Jack Vellian and Jake have established themselves as starters. But Jermaine Terry, I think he's the like the wild card here because he if he lives up to his f- high four-star prospect uh I think he could add a whole another element to this passing game. You know, he's a big guy, 6'4", 250 pounds. He looked good in the spring. I think if he gets involved early, I think he could break out as one of the top tight ends. Um Cooper Jensen, Yeah, Cooper Jensen's, Jensen's another one.
0: Too,
1: yeah. Um, I just think it's such program, a deep though. room. Yeah. It it's such a deep room. I mean, Riley Sharp, the um Uh, the former outside backers is is now a tight end and he didn't look super rusty at the spot uh, during the spring. And then I I know the staff loves uh, Bryce Caulfield, the walk-on out of Lake Ridge, I believe, Lake Oswego maybe. Don't remember, but I think any of those five guys will see time. Um, I'm I'm just really intrigued to see how Coach Lindgren works them into the passing game more because – I think Jake and Jack had 23 combined receptions last year, but I think they're in for a lot more this year.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I think um, there's been a couple comments here too. I think you see like a Terry Velling um, as maybe utilize as more of your bigger-bodied wide receiver. Um, Riley Sharp, do you think Riley Sharp? I, I just have this gut that he's going to be the Jack Coletto this year, and and we'll see him in a lot of different packages. What are your thoughts there?
1: I think there's a handful of guys. Um, you know, during spring spring camp, we saw Isaiah Newell take reps at fullback. We saw Hodgins take reps at fullbacks. And I think Sharp could, you know, he's a bigger guy, he's 6'6, 250. I think he could slide right into that short yardage role. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if during camp, the coaching staff kind of plays that one close close to the vest. We are not seeing those plays. Yeah. At all. I don't, I'm not <laughs> expecting to see those. Um, so, That'll be interesting to see, you know, the San Jose State game, San Diego State. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see because that's a tough guy to replace. And I don't think it'll be just one guy.
0: No, I I don't think anybody can can yeah. just simply replace the jackhammer. But yeah.
1: so it'll but, be interesting to see how that plays out.
0: So along those lines, I mean, because I, I think, you know, tight end sometimes gets lumped with receiver, sometimes gets more lumped in with the O-line. Oregon State's probably their. Top position group on the on the Ross on the whole team would be I offensive would line. Although they did take yeah. a hit this week um, with Marco, Marco. being, yeah, uh,
1: I believe I put Oregon State's line first in my position rankings. It was either them or running backs. Don't remember off the top of my head. Um, I think that the Grant Starks arrival after M- Marco goes down that's a blessing because yeah. um, those five guys are. Excluding Grant Stark, they had those five guys back from last year plus Tanner, Tanner Miller. But outside of that, there wasn't a whole lot of experience depth. Now with Grant, you still have Tanner as that, you know, six man jack of all trades mm-hmm. guy. Um, so that, so Grant's arrival was huge. I mean, Cute. yeah. I thought that battle for, between Marco and um, Grant was going to be really interesting to follow in the fall. Yeah, excuse me, in the fall. Um, but now, I mean, it kind of solved itself. I think Grant is going to do just fine. I think the offensive line won't see much of a fall off at all.
0: Absolutely, and I, I'm right there with you because that was the thing. When when Grant Stark came in, he's a very talented offensive lineman, yeah. tons of starting experience at Nevada. I, I didn't see, you know, aside from an injury, where he, you know, but I thought that battle was going to be big for him. Yeah, and now it's um, and to see, taken you know, care I mean, you never yeah. want someone to go down with an ACL, especially before the season, but. I guess if there's a silver lining there is that with rehab, marco should be back yeah. ready to go for next, you know, it's not like we're going to lose You're not going to lose him partway through this season and yeah, half a next and season. Next so year. Yeah. Um, that I guess would be the silver lining there. And then to have um, someone of Grant Stark's caliber right there, ready to yeah. go. Um, and then, like you said, Tanner Miller, I think was maybe the unsung hero yeah, uh, last mean, year. No yeah. drop off when he went in and he went in not several different all. positions.
1: Yeah. I mean, and talk about a kid that like deserves it too. I mean, he came in with Gary Anderson or with Jonathan Smith's first class, I think might've been a second stuck with it. A lot of walk-ons, you know, you typically see transfer out, he's stuck with it. He's earned a role and he's, he's just a phenomenal at it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's great having him right there. Okay. So we are going, let's see where we are. Okay. We're not going to take a break yet. We are going to jump right into the defense. Um, I'm gonna start defensive line because there was an again a couple of losses here. Um Fa'amo and so CO man. medically retired. Yeah. Um, but we do expect the Beavers to add Minnesota transfer um Isaac um
1: Jacob Schuster.
0: Jacob Schuster, sorry. I'm looking at comments here with Isaac Hodgins, <laughs> and I got Isaac Hodgins in the ring. Jacob Schuster, originally from uh Tumwater, Washington. So um, I do expect that to happen. I, I don't necessarily think we'll have some big announcement. I just think he'll end up on the roster that we get here in the next day or two. Um, what are your thoughts on the D-line? Are they going to be improved? What do you, I mean, I know you're really high on a couple guys.
1: Yeah. If if, fall, if spring camp was any indication, this defensive line is going to be the best Oregon State's had in a while. I think there's legitimately six to nine guys that can step in and play. You know, you got James Rawls. Isaac Hodgins, Joe Golden, C- Sione Hulohea, Samisi Saluni, Takari Hickel had a great spring. The redshirt freshman, and then you've got a handful of freshmen and Kelsey Howard and Thomas Collins, where they were highly sought after kids. They both enrolled early, both performed well. I think they could push for a spot in the uh, a spot in the rotation for sure. Yeah, because so, I mean they
0: showed up, and I mean it was like feet to the fire. They jumped right in. Yeah. They still second contributed team, 13, some second, yeah. third team, but now they've had all summer, all, all spring, all summer to, to get the weight
1: room. But I know you're
0: super high on Hickle and yeah. Susie Saluni.
1: Yeah. Takari had a great spring. I mean, he wasn't a very highly touted kid at all. And, you know, I, I wasn't really sure what to expect, like my first couple practices, just because I hadn't ever seen him play. But out of the get go, he just flashed. I mean, he was really he was in the backfield all spring. And what they loved um, about I, him is his
0: length. I mean, he is long. Yeah, and it just took a year or two guy. to get the weight on.
1: Yeah. I mean, he put on 10 pounds during his redshirt year. I think he's up to like 260. Uh, we'll get an updated an updated, her, 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 updated, roster in the next day or two, see how big he actually is now. That'll be interesting to see because I think if he gets up to 270, 280, it could be special.
0: So so if Oregon State's defense had a struggle last year, it was the pass rush. Do you see that mm-hmm. improving? this
1: year? Yeah, I think the outside linebackers that they got are going to help that a lot between Nico Taylor, Oluwama I think those guys are going to be in for a big year. Um, not sure how much they'll play right off the bat, just because we're it's got a deeper room with John McCartan, Corey Stover, Chatfield. Ryan Frankie's could be a factor this year. Um, so, and those guys have been in the system. They've played a lot of football. So I think towards the start of the season, and you'll see those guys play more. But Taylor, Aloysi, I think they'll get eased into it, and then I think they could be in for a huge year.
0: Okay, we have a question here. Um, MMD, you see an outside linebacker?
1: Yes, he's listed on the roster as an outside backer. Uh, didn't really see a whole lot of him in the spring. He was mainly with the third team, but I know he spent the last year in the weight room, put on since uh, like 10 pounds. And, and this Pretty is excited. hard.
0: This is hard, like, when Jake and I are doing things like this, and it's a real kind of a um, wavy line here between outside linebacker and defensive end. Yeah, because like a lot of guys, guys, guys around play both. Yeah.
1: Like, uh, Sione, a lot of the time in fall camp, or in spring camp, he was playing outside backer, but he's listed as the roster at a defensive end. Um, same with Luis Yamatoshu. He's listed as a backer. He played defensive line. So they've got a handful of yeah. guys that can kind of do both.
0: It's it's kind of a a wavy wavy line there for um it makes it makes our job a little tougher because it's kind yeah. of you start kind of talking about these guys but let's move right into linebacker then, um, inside linebacker are you concerned you know Oregon State started you know ended last season with the thought that they were going to have Omar Spates back their All American yeah. inside linebacker he ends up transferring to LSU, um, leaving Oregon State I I'm super excited about Easton Mascarenas yeah you, but. You know, what are your thoughts there? Does Oregon State take a step back um, it, in, in the linebackers?
1: I think they will take a slight step back. Uh, I do think Trent Bray is one of the best linebacker coaches in the country. I think he'll have his guys ready. I think it'll be interesting to see who it is that steps up at that second spot. Uh, I think in my mind, it's down to three guys. I, could, I think it would be Calvin Hart, um, John Miller, and then Wakaia Tong. Uh, I'm leaning towards Hart just based off my gut telling me that he's the more experienced option, at, at, at least to start the season. But Tong's the guy that really flashed. He was great in uh, great in pass coverage as a backer. He re- he really impressed me. Um, wasn't Especially really for being sure. a brand-new position. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was, I, I just wasn't sure what to think. It was his first time playing defense in a few years. Wasn't sure how quickly he'd come along, but he looked like he hadn't lost a step.
0: And I, I wondered about Micaiah because he's just too athletic to be sitting on the bench. Yeah. Um, great athlete. And, and for those that, you know, I mean, you're old like me, you, you remember Micaiah's dad, Reggie who was like the best player that Oregon state had for several years there and in some pretty dark times, but I didn't know if he had that, if that gene stayed with him, that ability to hit. And he doesn't look like he shies away from, from contact. So yeah. that could be an interesting one. Like you said, I, I think, and then John Miller's in the mix.
1: John's a proven um, guy. I mean, yeah. if you if you if you watch the last drive of last year's civil war, because Omar was out and Easton broke his hand. John was yeah. out there. And if you look at the last t- two plays, John was in the backfield stopping stopping the run all yeah. time. So I think he is a guy that a lot of people are kind of counting out. But I think he could easily start. Yeah,
0: it. What I think Easton is actually going to be a step up from Omar. And I and I don't mean that as a knock I to Omar, but I, I think Omar, one of his downsides Bass was maybe pass. Yeah. yeah. So I think I think Easton maybe is a little more athletic and will be a, a attribute for Oregon State in that. Mm. Um let's go to DB's because I think this, as as we were talking about the wide receiver room kind of being the big question mark on offense, defensive backfield, I think, is in my mind anyway, you have to replace some a lot of a lot yeah. of snaps there with with Jaden Grant, with Achille Arnold or um, Alex Austin and uh Ray Ray Jean. Jean. Yeah. Not as much raison. I mean, you really look at Alex Austin and Jaden Grant, how many snaps and how many plays those guys played. Yeah. Just Jayden what especially. leaders they he were. Was yeah. There. I mean, total yeah. leaders. So talk to me a little bit about what you see. Um, I, I know who I think is gonna step up. I do also think it was huge that Katano Ladapo stayed. Yeah, one that one was season. massive. Um, yeah. Just because he gives Oregon State that um, experience and leadership, but let talk to me about your thoughts on that group.
1: Yeah, I feel like their starting five is pretty set in stone at the moment. I feel like their corner is going to be Jaden Robinson and Tyrese Ivy. Um, they were both the only cornerbacks run with the starters. He flashed, the
0: by the way, for a new guy in spring. Tyrese, yeah, he
1: came on strong, like day one, running with the starters. Which from JUCO backs, or excuse me, from JUCO defensive backs. really don't see that a whole often so that kind of took me by surprise um was really surprised actually and then but behind those two they have a pair of redshirt freshmen the staff really likes joe swan who had two picks during the spring game long lanky guy i like him a lot i think he could be a a good one and then noble thomas redshirt freshman from florida another guy who had a really good spring played a little towards the end of, of last year i think this group, I think this group will fall off a little bit, but I don't think they'll be as big a fall off as people are expecting.
0: And, and those are two names. I think Beaver fans, a lot of Beaver fans, if you're not following, um, you know, the Lodge all the time, and they were late additions to the signing class a year ago. Yeah. Um, totally watch those names because they are going to they are going to be there. But Ivy is one that I really think is like you. Typically, JUCO DBs have taken a year yeah. or so, at least Ray several games. Ray did, Nashon did. did.
1: Cooper um, yeah, didn't. Julian. That was over yeah, the, Cooper. Right, that was Cooper. the rare one. Yeah.
0: So, um, but I I'm excited to see him. And then I I just think Jaden Robinson has been kind of biding his time. He had that shoulder injury. Yeah. Um, last but, two years ago. You know, you you talk to coaches and they you know they talk about those last four games. He was the highest grade at defensive back yeah. on the field. So when he got in, so um, he's ready. He's ready for his time, and I'm excited what, to see what he can do.
1: Yeah. And then about safeties. At at the at the safeties part, I think. That'll be interesting to see because one spot for sure, Catan. Uh, his that it was just massive. Catan came back because if he didn't come back, and that was paired with Skylar Thomas's 20 ACL, that's a huge blow because those were th- those are their were both of their two guys during spring. Then Skylar goes down. The second spot is going to be interesting to see. Right now, my gut's telling me it's going to be Achilles Arnold until we see a healthy Alton Julian. Because if Julian's healthy, I think he has the potential to be the best defensive back on this team. But it's just a question. Because he mark. was
0: there before he yeah. got you know, before the yeah. injury.
1: But I mean he hasn't played a, a snap of football in twenty two days. Or sorry, twenty two months, excuse months. me. <laughs> twenty two <laughs> um, months. So how, that'll be
0: as an athlete, how big is the mental piece then of coming back from an injury um and trusting and trusting that yeah. it's you know solid?
1: I feel like it's a big part. I mean, I never had an injury as significant as that one, but I do know he had another injury um, while he was recovering from the first one. So I know that could mess with you mentally. It could get in your head. You could be a little contact a little contact, contact shy. Excuse me. Um, I, I, just, I just think it's going to be hard to count out a healthy Julian because yeah. if he is healthy – I just I just don't see him not starting if he's healthy.
0: How about uh, special teams? We're gonna we're gonna kind of keep this one short and sweet. But what do you think of mm-hmm. special teams? With I mean, you have Everett Hayes back kicking. Sappington lose too. in Sappington, but you lose your your best oh, punter sure. you've had in, in in years.
1: Yeah. Well, from what I've heard around the program, Josh Green, their expected punter, is a, a good punter. He's a solid like he pushed pushed closer last fall. So I'm not expecting as big a drop off there as a lot of people would think. The the kicking game is the real question mark. I think, I don't think you can trust either of those kickers right now. There's just, they haven't really shown consistency. They haven't shown the ability to be consistent. Um, And I was kind of surprised the coaching staff didn't go after another guy. Uh, You know, Hayes and Sampton went eleven for twenty last year, which is fifty five percent. I think if you want to be a Pac twelve title contending team, you have to hit seventy five percent of those.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's I, I think it's a lot of it though. I mean we know that they have the skill, both of them. It's just a matter now of it's the mental part and uh, getting getting the mind yeah. right. So hopefully there was some uh, off season mental mental work. Um, yeah. we are going to take a quick break, um, for those listening on the podcast, for those live, just a short little quick break so we can pop it into the podcast and ad break. But I do want to remind, um, everyone, if you're not a member of Beaver Blitz, you definitely want to be a member. Jake or I, or both of us will be at every camp that practice that we are allowed to be at bringing you all the videos, the, uh, Lodge notebooks, which are quick. They have become the, the most popular feature on the site. Um, the, the recaps and, um, That will be live, but we actually will be going into promotion mode Monday night, tonight, midnight, 75% off an annual subscription for two days. You get two days to jump on that means you get an annual subscription for a little over $26. Don't miss it. It's an amazing deal. And uh, it's the biggest and best sale we will run all year. And that will get you all of the camp coverage, all of the football season coverage into baseball season next year, which baseball we'll talk about another day, but is another Mm going to be a great year. So uh, with that, we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back to talk a little more football before fall camp starts. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, priceline. Okay, we are back. Okay, we've done a deep dive in all the position groups. Can I get some just more broad stroke questions for you? Strength of the offense for
1: 2023. I think without a question, it's the run game. I mean, I this Oregon State offensive line's great. Josh Gray, Jake Levin, good, Tolly, Bloomfield.
0: Oh, time out, time out. Because I, I got a I got a question here about the promo. Does it come with Paramount Plus? It does come with Paramount Plus once you're over the over the um, the trial the special pricing. Full price Beaver Blitz membership gets the Paramount free Paramount Plus. So you do not get it until you go on to full price. That is probably a good question that people will uh, want to know. But Ben, we know you're a member of Beaver Blitz, so <laughs> okay. So running game is is what you're yes. thinking.
1: I think this offensive line will be better than last year's. Between two all Pac-12 tackles and Josh Gray and Tali Fuaga, Jake Levin Goods, the anchor of the line at the center spot, two solid guards and Stark and uh, Bloomfield, And then. The backs, any four of them, they can go out and get a handful of yards every any time th- that they want to. So I, I think earlier in the season, Oregon State's going to set the tone with the run game, uh, allow that to get started and rolling, and then get DJ books off the play action, kind of ease them into it.
0: So I, I'm just going to play devil's advocate here because what I'm hearing is the offensive line is going to to be the strength of the offense because without them – the running backs aren't running.
1: That's true. Yeah, but I, mean, I got. I
0: got to give the guys up I'm front. I'm just combining
1: a the two. Combining yes, yes. the two.
0: The run game. The run game is going yeah. to be the strength, and I I find that hard to you know argue with until we see more. And I, like you, I mean, I think, I think we see a lot of DJ running, and I and I think yeah. until he gets,
1: um, yeah, until I mean,
0: comfortable.
1: DJ's legs add like that RPO element that they haven't really had. I know they tried to incorporate it with Chance a little bit, uh, but. DJ is a better athlete than chance. Yeah. I think that'll be more, more used. And I think it'll cause trouble for defenses because they'll crowd the box, try and stop Damian jam Fenwick, but then, you know, it just opens up all the passing lanes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be a, just so many options. And, I, and that, what I, that's what I love about DJ is that he adds such a different element. Um, they actually definitely have to account for him now as a runner, which, I've wanted Oregon State to have more of that RPO element for a while, and and he brings that. Plus, he's big enough to take a hit. Um, Yeah, he's definitely big enough. (laughs) (laughs) Jake and I, the first spring practice, when we saw 6'4", 254, I I thought it was a typo at first. And then you see He's just solid. He doesn't look 254, but he's just solid. Um, Okay, switching sides, strength of the defense.
1: I think it's the the defensive line, which you haven't been able to say that about in Oregon State defense since Mm – Mark Banker, like 2010, 2000. Oh, my gosh, you
0: just threw out a Mark Banker
1: reference. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think it'll be interesting to see how how well the secondary does to start the season off because I think if they gel, I think they could be a legit secondary. Um, But I feel like this defensive line's experience, they've got multiple guys that will come in and play, contribute. I think they'll apply the pressure better um, than last season, so I got to go with them right now as the strength.
0: Yeah, it, it's interesting too because we haven't talked about Oregon State defensive line. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it was probably back in like the Dylan Win. When, yeah.
1: Probably that Scott Crichton. Slade
0: Norris Scott Crichton. Yeah. I mean, there was there was a, a run there, um, but last year I felt like the defensive backs were were the strength. Yeah. And helped for sure. helped the up the guys up front. This year, I think those guys up front are going to help out the back end. Yeah. Uh, and give them time to maybe get their feet under them.
1: Yeah, and like I feel like. With the assumed improved pass rush, I feel like that's going to just give quarterbacks less time to throw, make them make way more bad throws. And I feel like our secondary is talented enough to capitalize on that.
0: I hope so, because that is the one glaring problem last year, I thought was just the lack of a a really solid pass Mm -hmm. rush. Um, They were close a lot of times, but they just couldn't bring them down. So that I think is going to be huge. Um, What is one area that we need to see the Beavers overachieve in if they're going to have 10 or 11 wins this season.
1: I think there's two big ones that come to mind the kicking game. Cause I feel like with Oregon state's kickers and their performance last year, they need to do better than that. Otherwise they're not going to come. They're going to be an eight, nine win team because they could be in a handful of close games with Washington, Utah, Oregon, UCLA, Washington state. I feel like any of those games could come down to a last second kick in they need to trust a kicker to go out there and just get it done. And then quarterback. I feel like if quarterback, if DJ plays to how he can play, this team is talented enough to compete for a Pac 12 title.
0: I, I agree. And I, you know, we, we talked about this a little last week um in my Pac 12 media poll that I that I voted in. I kind of gave my my thought process because I did I had organized it too um, in the Pac 12 media Poll. I had them playing USC in the Pac-12 championship game. And I've actually had a lot of people ask me, like, well, how did how did you even – you know?" so here's my quick – so I, I think USC is at an echelon kind of above everybody else. Oregon State does not play USC this year. Yeah. So where I'm left with was Utah, Washington, Oregon State, and Oregon, all kind of in this kind of the clump second of tier. four, right? Yeah. So Oregon State gets Washington and Utah at home. They get Utah early in the season. Um, which I think the health of Cam Rising is still going to be kind up of up in, the, in air. the air. Yeah. Um, I at Oregon, 50-50. I Oregon has so much talent. I just I'm not sold on their coaching staff yet and how cohesive they play yeah. as a team. I, I feel I like there was a lot
1: of turnover on that staff as well.
0: Turnover on the staff and with the players. I mean, you have a lot mm-hmm. of portal ins and outs. So I, I just have questions now. Talent wise, I mean, they could they should definitely be in the in the situation in the conversation. But I think the the coaching. Um, longevity here at Oregon State, the, the continuity, along with the out. fact that Oregon State has Washington and uh, Utah at home. Oregon's on the road right after that Washington game. That's going to be, I think, tough for the Beavs to go back to back, you know, playing those two big emotional games. But I, I do, I just like the way the schedule plays out. Um, I f-
1: yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, uh, this past winter, when they dropped out the 2023 schedule, I saw it and I was like, I don't think that could have gone any better.
0: Yeah, I think it's. I think it's great. Now, now there's some a couple little trap games in there. I, I you know, going Washington to Pullman State, early. Yeah. Um, I think that could be tough. I think going down to Tucson. Zona, yeah,
1: um
0: That bad. could be a, a a little. You know, I think they've improved a ton. At Colorado doesn't. The only thing that worries me about Colorado is the is the altitude a little bit, but. Um,
1: yeah. Colorado, I don't think that roster is talented enough no. to win m- m- more than four games. But you get
0: next. UCLA coming up, which. They don't really scare me, but UCLA has talent um, and in a given given day, they could could be right there. Um, Cal and Stanford, they have Stanford at home. Cal on the road, is that how it is? Stanford
1: home, Cal's uh, after Utah.
0: So, um, no, it'll be an interesting, interesting mix there. But um, I'm going to ask you now about your superlatives, your preseason. Um, Give me your preseason offensive player of the year. Who do you think it's going to be?
1: Uh, I'm going with Damian Martinez. I just think he's going to carry the load. He showed what he could do last year and he only started five, six games. Now with the full season, I think he hits thousand yards easily. I think he, I think he pushes for an all American spot. That's kind of my bold prediction.
0: So my bold prediction last year, this is before you came, was that Damian Martinez was going to be, that he was the best running back I'd seen since Quiz Rogers, true freshman. Yeah. Now I agree with you. I don't think he started maybe as soon as I thought he would, but um, I don't think
1: he started till the um, Washington State game. Yeah. And that yeah. might even be a little early.
0: Um. Okay. Who's your defensive player of the year? You're early. Too early. Defensive luck.
1: player of the year. I'm going with. For me, it's a toss-up between three guys. Okay. James Rawls, Katano Odapu, but I'm going with. Easton Mascarenas. Okay. I think he is going to be in for a huge year. Uh, I thought he was one of the better linebackers on the team last year, just didn't play as much as he should have. Um, I think with the full season as a starter, he's going to be the team's leading tackler. He Mm. is going to just be a force. Okay. I
0: mean, Beaver fans hope you're right. Breakout player on offense.
1: Mm, Breakout player. I don't know if this qualifies as a breakout player. I'm gonna go with um, Silas Bolden. I know he's kind of proven himself, but I think he's in for a big year with a better passing game. Uh, I feel like he's gonna push for seven, 800 yards. I think him and Gould are both gonna be in for much better years, at least statistically. I thought that good years just didn't catch as many balls as they would have liked to. I think Silas is gonna really come out game one. He showed what he could do as a starter against Florida. Had 100 yards. I'm really excited about.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think Silas. what we saw from Silas in the bowl game, where I, he reminded me a lot of Brandon Cooks in that game. Yeah, and I don't throw that out lightly either. So in that game, there was a couple of plays that he laid out. And yeah, I mean, it, it I mean, it looks like
1: every time Silas got the ball last year, or like, every, I mean, he was a threat to score. I remember the touchdown catch against Stanford. Was insane the one hand catch against Arizona State where he was inches away from one of the top catches in the country all 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 year. I mean, he's just a walking highlight reel.
0: Okay, so who's your breakout player on D? I think I have an idea, but I just want
1: to hear. You I'm go gonna ahead. go with Tyrese Ivy. Uh, okay, it was it was down to him or Sione hey Those were the two that really popped to mind. I just think Tyrese is a guy that. Era fans don't really know as much just because he's newer to the program, and I, and he's going to step in and start. Um, he kind of reminds me, at least frame wise, of physicality wise, of like a, a Richard Sherman type, 6'3", 200 pounds, long, lanky. He's a physical guy. I think, I think he's going to really impress this year. And
0: again, Oregon State fans hope so because that's you know the big question mark heading in. Um, yeah. yeah, freshmen, two freshmen that play. This wasn't on our list, so I'm just kind of tossing this one out at you before we jump to the mailbag. But uh, what do you what do
1: you got? I think it'll be I think Zach Card will be the freshman that contributes the most. Um, I think Kelsey and Thomas Collins are both guys that could potentially take that spot, but I'm just feeling Card's going to see more consistent action. There's not as many guys in front of him as uh, with Collins and Kelsey. Card, I think he it might be wide receiver four, wide receiver five. Uh, you know, I think he'll. See playing time in every game. He could factor into the return game even, um which even though Oregon State's got two proven guys, Cards we ran a four three, yeah,
0: forty yeah. time, yeah, which quick. not a lot
1: of freshmen do. So yeah. he, he's quick. to see. Yeah. Um. Here we have a
0: we have a question. Aiden Childs will play in four games. What do you think? Think he will? I think he
1: plays in at least four. Yeah. I. The more the closer we get to camp. I'm the more I start to think there's a possibility that he doesn't redshirt and while still being the backup. Um, I think he'll play in the four games at the bare minimum. There you
0: go. Okay. So we are going to jump to the mailbag. Um, and then actually, before we jump there, I just want to kind of give all of our listeners, so we actually have, have a really good live turnout right now, um, just kind of a, an idea of what happened. So, pr- team, re- re- they actually, the team will report to campus. Most of them are back now, but they report and get all their gear on Wednesday. First practice is Thursday morning, um, and Jake and I'll both be there um, trying to get as many pictures as we can. They limit us to the first you know, 10, 15 minutes, but um, we'll be taking notes um, without giving too much away. Because if you read Jake's spring practice, his lodge notebook, they were really, 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 really detailed. And yeah, that's not going to fly. So we can't give too much away or they'll close us <laughs> down, but we will give you as much as we possibly can. Um, uh, from practice. The first couple days will just be shells. They'll just be in shorts and t-shirts that first day. Um, typically they have their acclimation period. It goes a couple days in shells. Um, they might have just shoulder pads on by Saturday and then go full pads by next week. Um, yep. And our availability kind of varies. We get, I think this first week we get Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday's an off day. Monday is closed, closed on Monday. Yeah. Um, which all the good stuff happens when it's closed, mm-hmm. but that's okay. We're going to give you as much the as we scrimmage. Can. We do get a scrimmage, I know, in, the, in that first two weeks. So Yep, um, Saturday
1: the, the 12th. So that's
0: kind of a, a brief rundown of what the kind of the first week here will look like. We'll be back next week again with a damn podcast. And I'm also working on bringing a football guest in. Um, we we're trying for that this week. Um, Coach Smith actually wanted to wait because they're not technically supposed to be back yet or don't have to be back yet so um i'm hoping to bring on some of these guys i'd really like to bring on football players that maybe want to go into journalism or sports media um i know anthony Gould has Gould, expressed yeah. some interest in that so i'd like to have a weekly feature it might just be a five ten minute each each week where we bring in a player and and they join jake and i in um kind of a player's corner um maybe we break down some film maybe we just talk about what happened how they saw things but um That is something to look forward to on the damn podcast as well. So um, we're going to jump into the lodge here. We have some damn questions and um, some kind of fun ones too. Um, Not just football ones. Research Beaver 23 always has some good ones for us. Um, Mm -hmm. Go to meals or drinks. I don't know if he's meaning like football tailgate, but we're just going to go your favorite, Jake. What Go to meal or drink. Uh,
1: I'm going to go with just Corvallis. Uh, My go to Corvallis spot is, Coco Boys, f- for sure. Got to go the, the, with the number four every time. <laughs> what so is good. four? know uh, it's six. The, it's the big, it's the, like, double stake.
0: Oh, okay, okay, uh, gotcha. Yeah. Oh, yes, sir, seriously. Connor, I thought you were already here. Wait, I'm, I'm just going to, we're going to throw this comment because Connor Johnson, who's been talking um, in the chat nonstop, Says he may need to bite the bullet and get in the lodge. Do it. Um. Yes.
1: Very worth it. Do Very it. Do, worth it. do it.
0: it. As much as you want to talk here in the comments, you are missing out on some good discussions. Okay.
1: Very good discussions.
0: Local boys. Okay. I, you know, I've been cooking more at home and I, I, I love salads. I love like a good, like grilled Caesar. And I do a lot. We've been doing a ton of steak lately because I've been trying to mm, cut carbs. Steak salad. More. Yeah. So like steak, Caesar, that's kind of my go-to right now. But my favorite food is probably ice cream, but I've been kind of mm. um, attendance for the home football opener. What do you think? What are you going with? Is it going
1: to be a sellout? I, 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 I think it'll be a sellout. Um, you know, the early returns have kind of come back uh, for the first two games, and for San Diego State, I think it was almost um, almost sold. I'm sold out. I'm trying to remember exactly how many tickets were left, but I believe it was close to, to sold out. So I think the first two will be sellouts.
0: Okay, dream road trip bucket list. doesn't have dream to be road a conference. Trip. You could go anywhere, any game.
1: Uh, Tuscaloosa. I'm going, to, to, going to, to an Alabama LSU game in Tuscaloosa. I feel like that would be a once-in-a-lifetime game.
0: Yeah, I, that would be sweet. I, I am actually – it's like, what, 2026, 2027? The boots are
1: down in yeah. Ole Miss. Ole Miss. I can't wait to go to that one.
0: That's going to be fun. That might tail, be, I, yeah. Are you still gonna be school then? or
1: the no? I'll be out. Oh. but I'll, I'll find I'll find a way to go to that game for I was sure. i gonna say, wouldn't miss that one.
0: You wouldn't be covering for me, dang it. <laughs> um, okay, um, greatest improvement with the new West Side of Research: the elevators. Oh my gosh, if you guys have ever been in the old elevators, it's horrible. Um, let's see, who is on the biggest hot seat in the conference?
1: I'm going to go with Justin Wilcox at Cal. I just think that program kind of gone downhill in the last couple of years. Uh, I know he was looking at other jobs. If he, um, would not be shocked if they have another poor season, if Wilcox found his way out. There's really not a lot of guys on the hot seat off the top of my head.
0: Yeah, I, But see, I think the problem Chip- with Cal is they can't pay his buyout. They're so yeah. cash strapped. So.
1: Chip Kelly was the other one that came to mind because I, I don't think Arizona's Moving on from yeah. Jed Fish anytime soon. Same with Washington State and, and Jake Dickert, uh, Stanford, Arizona State, Colorado. They all got new coaches. So for me, it was just really down to Cal and UCLA. Yeah, Cal. I
0: just like I said, I don't think they can pay, especially if yeah. depending on what this and today's whole day and age yeah. things goes down with uh, Pac-12. Um, Beaver Kings wants to know what is your favorite college class.
1: Um, favorite class. Mm. 't we have a favorite class, so I'm going to go with my favorite teachers. Uh, they were my marketing class, so shout out to Mr. Nelson, his a great teacher.
0: Okay. I'm trying to think. It's been a while. I actually liked – so I was a marketing major as well, and I had some great ones. Um, but I actually was a – I took some graphic design classes. And Burke Chappelle was amazing, a graphic design teacher. Um, and then I also loved some of my geology classes. Um I was a environmental marine science minor. And so I had Peter Clark was, I think one of my geology and I love geology. So I don't shout out to Peter Clark and Burke Chappelle if they're still around Corvallis. That was a long time ago. <laughs> um, Wet in blue hell? I wish you says would love your take on each one of the new portal guys and what you think their role will be this season.
1: Yeah. I'll just go down to listen to my head Uh, quarterback. I think DJ's, Gonna be QB one, I think he'll make or break this team. Um, I think with if he plays like he can play, he'll be leading this team to a pac twelve title appearance. If he plays like he did certain times at Clemson, then they could be in for seven and five, eight and four, eight and four type year. Um, tight end Jermaine Terry, uh, I think he's a real like I said earlier. I think he's a wild card in that in that um, in that tight end room. They've got they've got two proven guys. Terry's the third. It'll be interesting to see how he fits into that. I think he adds more of an athleticism, pass-catching traits that those guys don't necessarily possess to his level. Um, Offensive line, Grant Stark, he'll be a starter at right guard. Um, Should be a part of a great offensive line. Uh, Defensive line, we got Luis Shimatoshu. I think he's going to push for a starting spot at the edge, the end outside backer, little spot, the hybrid or whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah. Um, I think he could be Oregon State's best pass rusher by the end of the, at the by the end of the 2023 um, year. He's got a lot of potential. He flashed a lot during spring. Excited about that one. Um, inside back, we've got Calvin Hart and Mason Tufanga. Calvin Hart, I think is probably the leader in the front out is the leader for that second spot. Uh, at the moment, obviously, there's still a lot of camp, so he very well could be three or four in that inside inside linebacker room. And then Tafanga, we really didn't see a whole lot during um, camp. He was banged up for a while, was primarily running with the second team. I think you're more likely to see him during special t- on special teams this year. Um, and I think that's all the portal guys off the top of my head.
0: Yeah, you're right. I was I was thinking Jamai East and Charizard, but yeah. but they're Juco. So nope, that was good. And then our last one, um, from M Cape, are we doomed? How bleak is the outlook for OSU Athletics? If it is finally um as bad as I think and feel it is, how soon do players like Aiden Bort to the bolt to the portal?
1: Yeah, I'm not as worried about the portal. I feel like these guys are in Corvallis for a reason. Um, you know, childless he could have gone to bigger schools could have got more money. He didn't. He stayed true to his commitment to Oregon State. I think he'll. he's in it for the long haul. I think everything his family said, he said, has shown that. Um, I feel like the bigger issue is Oregon State being left behind here. I feel like out of all the Pac-12 schools, Washington State and Oregon State are in the worst spot here, which is unfortunate, but it's probably true just because they're smaller market, don't have the brand appeal that Washington does, that Oregon does. So I think, I think the athletic department and the school needs to be m- more active in looking at the Big 12 because if the media deal's not great and Arizona bolts, Arizona State bolts, then Oregon State's going to be scrambling and the Pac-12 might end up just dissolving.
0: I, I don't see the Pac-12 dissolving. That's I keep hearing that. I, I think what's going to happen
1: – It's like it, a pac 12 mountain west merger like the washington yeah, but, state, oregon state but
0: i but i do want to see happen. i i think they need to be thinking outside the box is who they bring in because i think there's schools out there yeah. that you could bring in across the country um, it's not like the but, big uh, t- big 12 is looking i mean they're looking at yukon for god's sake i mean they're not like some amazing program either yeah. um so they do
1: have, they do have that basketball the basketball you know, yeah which is a, um I mean, that's a basketball conference there
0: but, you know, what, what you look at, I, I think you, you start looking at who you can, I mean, you, you obviously yeah. SMU has been thrown out a ton, but, you know, Tulane, San I've heard, Diego is, is you yeah. know, San Diego State. And, and I think and my, my, my biggest takeaway is that the PAC-12, PAC-10, whoever, the the presidents need to get off this whole holier-than-thou uh, yeah. talk about academics. Okay, we, you got to separate it now. It's not...
1: I mean, if you S- look at the SEC, are all of their schools very academic prowess? There's Vanderbilt, and that's a... Yeah. I mean, it.
0: honestly, if, if you want to go strictly on academics, then go join the Ivy League and, and yeah. see how that goes. So, and, yeah, um, you have to kind of separate that. It, it worked yeah. in the 70s, 80s, 90s. It's not working now. Yeah. Um, this is an athletic conference. Um, so you have to, I mean, take a Boise State, take a mm-hmm. San Diego State. Um,
1: One program in particular that I would love to see in the Pac-12 is Texas, Texas, San Antonio. They're a program on the rise. They're in a bigger market. They yeah. bring it. It's Texas. They're in San Antonio, and since uh, Jeff Trailer has gotten there as a coach, all they've done is won. Their yeah. program on the rise. They're in the American now. Relatively new to football, I feel like they could be a player in the long run. Well, so, and I think that's what's it. I think 12.
0: I think you really need to look at recruiting footprint and Oregon State. Yeah. I think the Pac-12 that recruits Texas. There's several yeah. schools there like that you could really kind of make a play for. Florida as well. Uh-huh. Why not branch out? I mean, I think I think that's Florida. Yeah. There's some, you know, some schools there. But um, I'm choosing not to be gloom and doom. I mean, I the older I get, the more I realize that there's a lot of things I can't control. And so um I spend my time thinking about the things that I can. And that is covering Oregon State fall camp twenty twenty three. Jake and I will be there. Um so excited. You guys that have been around a while. And Jake has heard me talk about it. First day of fall camp is like Christmas. So um, that is super exciting. Um, Jake and I will actually be back Wednesday night. We, we keep getting asked to do a, a Twitter space. So we are gonna jump on and do a Twitter space uh, Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Jake will already be in Corvallis. I'll be here oh, at home. Yep. Um, but we're gonna try that and, and just see um, how that goes. That's not live, it's or it's, it's live, it's just not video. Uh, but join us there, too. Um, we can take some more questions. It's a little more interactive than, than the podcast. That's yeah, a but, lot more.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Jake, are you excited for your very first fall camp?
1: I'm very excited. I can't wait. Uh, it's going to be tough to sleep on Wednesday night.
0: <laughs> it, it's a fun one. So this will be my um, 17th fall camp. <laughs> Super excited. Um, this could be a very, very special year. Um, Thank you all for joining us um, for another episode of the damn podcast. Remember we'll be back next week to talk about the first couple days of fall camp. And remember um, to jump on. If you're not a member of Beaver Blitz yet, jump on uh, starting tonight at midnight into tomorrow and Wednesday and grab that 75% off deal. Um, You will not find a better deal and it ends Wednesday night at midnight. So you want to jump on and get that while you can. Um, I'm Angie publisher beaver blitz he's jake beat writer and we'll be back next time for another episode of the damn podcast